Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's time to rejoin the undisputed best sports talk show in Houston. It's clearly John and Lance, except no substitutes. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Bringing in Josh Pate at Late Kick Josh on Twitter on Must Follow. The Late Kick with Josh Pate, and he's brought to you by Tabaros Barbecue here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. The place to go and watch, get your... Uh, your Astros on going to be playing. Going to be playing while college football is going on on Saturday afternoon. You need multiple TVs. Great place to go to watch your games. Josh, welcome in. Um, it turned out we we laughed, we scoffed at you going to Auburn and Georgia. And holy crap, Georgia's what's what's why is something's off? Georgia's off. What's what's the difference this year, Josh? Now, now hold on just a second. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Firstly, why is it a surprise when things play out the way I say they're going to play out? This shouldn't be a surprise to you people. It shouldn't at all. And by the way, when when Auburn came right in your backyard and they struggled mightily against A&M, in normal circles, that means they're terrible. But in college football circles, especially early in seasons, that's just incentive to change everything up. And sometimes when you change things up internally, something just clicks. Like, they ran the quarterback a lot more against Georgia. Well, guess what? It clicked. And Peyton Thorne's not Michael Vick or anything like that, but it clicked enough. And they can play really good defense. And anyone who's been to Jordan-Hare Stadium, when those people have a reason to believe, knows it is, it's insane. It's really wild. It's a tough place to go, especially when it's your quarterback's first time on the road. So, I, look, I did not have an inflated sense of Georgia. Like, I've not had them number one. I think they're about the fifth best team in the country right now. So I got exactly what I thought I'd get. But I knew as soon as that thing's a dogfight in the fourth quarter, I, I knew most people are going to panic, and Georgia fans included. They freaked out because they just assume you get to carry over this magical national championship dust, and they use phrases like defending champ, like that means anything. It doesn't mean anything. That doesn't help Carson Beck. It doesn't help Mike Bobo call plays. Um, they're a pretty good team with some flaws and some warts that is affording themselves time to get better, but at the same time, there are teams on their schedule that can beat them, contrary to preseason beliefs. So you say they're fifth on your list. What is your, Give us your... Your your top five. That's that's Hall and Oates vibe. You're fifth on my list, not Kiss. Fifth. Uh, I've got so I got who Texas up there. Got Ohio State up there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. You know who I'm extremely high on is Oregon. Yep. And I remember just one season ago they played Georgia neutral field and got completely body bagged. So I know that sounds crazy. I just think they're different teams this year. Um. I, I got Michigan up there as well, and Michigan I really have no clue about. No one's watched them. You people don't think so? Tell you people, I, I think Michigan's the best team in college football this year, and I think okay. Oregon may so, be right there with them. And 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 this is a this is not a Georgia year, but they could still end up winning a national championship. It's definitely not an Alabama team we've seen from the past. But I got to tell you, I've had to throw away my Bo Nix. You know, I'm so I'm so. My filter for with Bo Nix isn't fair because I remember him with Auburn and he was terrible and blah, blah, blah. But this is a different Bo Nix. They're very physical in the trenches. And then you look at Michigan, it's the same thing. Two-time Joe Moore Award winners back-to-back. They've got defense and offense. They're physical. They've got a couple different really good running backs. I'm with you. I think Michigan's got to show, you know, we got to get through the schedule. But I think 
we're kind of throwback this year, Josh, where instead of the spread and throw it around, we've got two downhill teams right now in Oregon and and, and Michigan that are kind of getting after people. Well, think about these other teams you mentioned, though. If it's not them, let's just say it was Ohio State. Ohio State's not a prolific offense. If it were Alabama, Alabama's not a prolific offense. If if it's Georgia, Georgia's not a prolific offense. So we got conditioned for a while to thinking you've got to have truly dynamite elite quarterback play and you've got to be hanging 45 to give yourself a chance to win a game. I don't even know who the playoff will feature this year. But that is not it. Like That is not the recipe to win it this year. Now, you better be able to have the ability to, to be poised and make good decisions at the quarterback position. But to circle back to Michigan for just a second, I – I, I thought highly of them in the preseason, and I just haven't allowed my default to change. Because there, there could be two fatal cracks on that team, just making up a number, that we'd have no way of knowing. They also could be the best team to ever play college football. So both of those are on the table. It's just that when you play an inferior schedule, I don't look at it as, oh, automatically that means you're overrated. I just look at it as, my data on you is incomplete because there's no way I could know what I need to know about you yet, and I'll see you when you play Penn State a month from now. Josh Pate, at Late Kick Josh, brought to you by Damaris Barbecue right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Let me guess, you're going to be in Dallas this week. I'm going to be in Dallas this week. And how about this? I don't know if you guys were aware. But Alabama goes to A&M this week, and you got playoff baseball down there. How in the world can someone not be a sports fan in the Lone Star State oh, right now? It's awesome. It's awesome. Both, yeah, both the both our teams are in uh, baseball, and you got A&M against Alabama, and you got Texas and Oklahoma. Will it be a better game? Is Oklahoma good enough to play with Texas this year? Ooh, that's a good question. I think they are. I think Dylan Gabriel, you know, I can make the argument, that Dylan Gabriel is the most important player in that game because I think that there are more complementary pieces around Quinn Ewers. I don't think Quinn Ewers has to take a game or a team on his shoulders and single-handedly win it. I don't think Oklahoma has a running back one. Like, I think they're running back by committee right now. They've even used Gabriel in the running game a little bit just because they really don't pack the same punch in the backfield that Texas does. And, look, when I think about what Oklahoma has faced so far. And I think about those really good numbers. I think he's like 15-2, to two, touchdown to interception. I think about who it's come against, and I don't knock him, like we just talked about with Michigan. But I also think to myself, when you face a front like Texas that's already battle-tested and they've already proven it against high-level competition, everything shrinks. The windows shrink. The time shrinks. And if you can have a career day in the face of that, yes, Oklahoma can win that game. And we've watched this game where – you have individuals or maybe teams collectively just scale their performance and they play at 120% of themselves and that's what rivalry games do sometimes. If you do that, yeah, it could be a four-quarter war. But if you don't, then you're having to put so much pressure on one player in Dylan Gabriel. And he, for, for as long as it feels like he's been there now, what's the biggest game he's played in? He wasn't in this game last year. What's the biggest game? The bowl game against FSU is the one I came up with. Other than that, What's the national spotlight Oklahoma game that we've all tuned in to watch Bill and Gabriel play in? And the answer is it's not there. Didn't he play in big games with Central Florida, though? 
he's, yeah. if you want to call it that, I don't think the nation has ever tuned in collectively to watch a Central Florida game. I don't think this kind of pressure has ever been yeah. on a Central Florida game, and that includes that Auburn game back in 2017. What about the Aggies in Alabama? Well, hold on, hold on. I'm going to oh. get back to, oh, Del are, Del's already gone. But Del told uh, our producer who had to leave, um, he believes that Texans fans, I mean Texans, Longhorn fans are going to potentially get a taste of Dylan Gabriel that is going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. In other words, his attitude, his hubris, his 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 swagger, his he ain't afraid to his bump arrogance. opponent. Yeah, opponents. He, he thinks that Longhorn fans at some point could be seething about Dylan Gabriel and his personality in that game. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's a good thing as an outsider because it adds juice to uh, our game that doesn't need a lot of juice. But here's the thing. It, it would be one thing if we were talking about University of Washington fans being mad at Dylan Gabriel because they don't get to play him. Your team gets to face him. So there is one foolproof way to shut him up. And that, that just basically means knocking him around a little bit or digging himself such a hole he can't get out of as a defense that you get to look over across the ball in the fourth quarter when the game's not in doubt anymore. And no one has an attitude. No quarterback is demonstrative when he's down 37 to 20. Uh, no, or, or the whooping that they took last year. Let's get to the Alabama and A&M game. How do you see this one? I mean, hey, we talked about it last, last week, Arkansas and, and A&M. That's always a war. Wasn't so much a war this year. Now, and Alabama bounced back nicely since Ole Miss. What do you see here? It's the toughest game Alabama has remaining. It's the worst matchup they have remaining. I slightly lean Texas A&M to win this game. I think if you could throw the ball 30 yards or more downfield, you can get A&M. They've got a highly rated secondary on paper. There's a way to get them. The problem is you need to have the protection and the ability to give your quarterback time enough to do that. And you're talking about the team with the most tackles for loss in college football in A&M facing the team with the second worst pressure rate in college football in Alabama. And you add in home field. If that stat does not hold Saturday, Alabama will win that game. But that's blind faith, and I don't like having that in football. And so I'm leaning A&M slightly to win the game. If they don't, and if Alabama does win it, I actually think Alabama will end up getting themselves on a roll and will not lose a game the rest of the regular season. So if you're anti-Alabama, this is the spot to really root for A&M because you need them to knock Bama off Saturday, or else they may build up a little bit of steam rolling downhill, and I do not think there's another team physical enough on their schedule to beat them. Yeah, how about six weeks into the season, LSU and Alabama both out of the national championship race? That's unbelievable. Hey, hey, how about this, too? How about you got Kentucky playing Georgia Saturday, and I don't expect them to win, but if they were to win, you'd have maybe – I mean, Missouri plays LSU Saturday, too, and, and we don't know what LSU has. you got Missouri and Kentucky in the thick of this thing. you got Clemson out of it. You may have Bama out of it. You may have LSU out of it. It's a wild season. It is, and, you know, Kentucky has a pretty nice little squad. I mean, they put it on a floor. Frankly, Florida's up and down, but Kentucky went out and whipped them. I mean, just absolutely whipped them. They're well-coached. Um, this is a really, you know, who's kind of just sliding by, who's undefeated. No one's really talking about. And I looked at them for the, for the Joe Moore award is Penn state has just a very quietly, a pretty solid team this year. You said Penn state, right? Yeah. Yeah. Penn state. I was just on radio up there right before this. And it's really interesting. 
but they have their bye week this week, and then they have UMass, and then they go to Ohio State. So they've essentially bought themselves a two-week prep bubble in the middle of the season to get ready to go to Columbus. Um, they, they internally are really confident in what they have up there. They, they have not turned the ball over. Drew Aller has not turned the ball over. Uh, he has not lit it up downfield. They haven't needed to. They, they have got a head coach caliber defensive coordinator in Manny Diaz, and they all love him. And I was up there in spring, and that was the most insightful talk I had was with Manny Diaz. Uh, that dude is very cerebral. He, he knows he's got the players. The only thing I wonder is when we get down the road a little ways, specifically against Michigan, have they fixed their run fit issues? Have yeah. they fixed their ability to stop someone from running it for 200, 300 yards on them? If they have, uh, that is a bona fide playoff contender. Josh Pate brought to you by Damaris right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. So you've got Texas and you've got possibly A&M this week. Any other big game that uh, we got to we got to keep our eye on this week for the national cha- championship hunt? I'm I am very interested in what happens with that Notre Dame Louisville game. I think that I, I don't think Notre Dame's totally dead just because they lost to Ohio State. Some people think that I don't, but I will tell you this: Notre Dame had to get up and expended themselves against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They had to do it right back again the next week on the road against Duke. They went one and one in those games. Now you're asked for a third straight week to get yourself up. It's a night game on the road. It, you're everyone Super Bowl, and Louisville is on long rest because they played last Friday. This is one to watch. I think the line is six and a half or seven. And if Notre Dame can get this one done, their reward is they get Southern Cal the following week. So this has been a four week stretch that I don't think they believe would be as pressure-packed as it's, end up, as it's ended up being. Speaking of Southern, well, Southern, Southern Cal went out and looked like they're going to boat race Oregon, and then they came back because their defense stinks. I mean, USC's defense with Alex Grinch still can't just, can't just hold the line a little Oregon bit. Oregon or Colorado? What What's that? About? Colorado? No, when SC played Colorado. Did SC I say Oregon? Oregon yeah. Oh, yeah, I meant oh. Colorado. Um, but that brings us up. Are we done with the like the Dion stuff in Colorado slowed way down as well. It should, it needs to be about all the other teams in college football as well. Dion's a great story. Colorado's a good story. I think they're going to be a factor moving forward, but uh, has it slowed down for you with all the national shows? Has the Dion talk really dropped off now? Yes, it has. It, it ended up playing out perfectly to me because it was, it was sort of an appetizer in September and it filled a lot of conversation, and I love it. Like, I have no problem with it, but I, it filled conversation in September. But as you guys know, the calendar says that this thing's three or four months long. In reality, the months of October and November themselves feel four months long. These are long seasons, and you cannot be talking about that. You were never going to stretch that hype over the course of the season. They were going to run into the brick wall. They have. And now it'll be an interesting topic to watch moving forward. But, I mean, it's time, to, it's time to shift the focus pretty dramatically towards teams that have a chance of doing things down the stretch here. Mm. Uh, Josh, before you go, uh, Utah loses to Oregon State uh, 21-7, to and their reward is every player, 85 scholarship players on the Utes, receive a 2024 Ram Bighorn 1500 truck. Every player. Wow, you want to talk about setting a tone for NIL, 
This is unbelievable. And they presented it well. They parked those things in the stadium and had them go out there and crank it. I saw that last night. I was really like off the radar or off the grid busy yesterday, and I saw that last night, and I said, hold up a second. Is, is this one of those like trick videos? No, it was not. Um, here's what I'm wondering. You know that's not going to stop with Ram F1. or That's not going to stop with a pickup truck. Someone's going to one-up that. Someone's going to partner with a dealership that, that will one-up that, and I don't know who it's going to be, and I don't know when it's going to be, but uh, we're, we're getting into NIL war territory, and I can't wait to see where it goes. And if you notice some sarcasm in my voice, it's because it is there. Oh, it's there. This is this is set a tone. Like Miami, they get, every player was getting like uh, I don't I don't know how much I forget what the number was. But then the guy, you know, he, that all fell apart on him. Uh, the guy that was doing that. This every single player getting a 2024 Ram Bighorn 1500 truck. That is something that I don't know. Listen, the the, the has and the has beens. There is a different. There's going to be such a chasm. Between the has and the has beens, college foot. This is going to change college foot. This really is setting a tone that I don't know that people can keep up with. It's crazy too to think about those players going to practice, and there's, like, there's an assistant coach that is uh, unable to barely get himself into the office, and he's speaking authoritatively to a kid who pulls up next to him and probably has to give his coach a ride home every now and then because his car breaks down. It has got to be a funny time in Salt Lake City. That's unbelievable. That's Josh Pate at Late Kick Josh. The Late Kick with Josh Pate, his uh, podcast. He's a great follow and a great watch, and he knows his college football, and he's going to be here in our great state coming up this Saturday. Great stuff, as always, Josh. We really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging. Appreciate you having me, guys. All right. There's uh, brought to you by Demeros Barbecue and a great place to go and watch your games, too. Get your game on. It, we got 